0: Back to the broadsides—a broad look at a broad historical subject, usually by two not so broadly informed people. Also, usually, I am your co-host, John,
1: and that must make me Andrew. How What's are you? I'm doing pretty good, John. How you doing? I'm doing well. Did you have a good Fourth of July? I did. No, I stayed at home and played video games, but it was yeah, a lot of fun. Sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> dog, like dog was a little bit terrified of fireworks. Oh yeah,
0: dogs really don't like the fireworks. No. Well, uh, today we're talking about medicine. That's right. Medicine and medical procedures. Not related to the 4th of July, but You something. know, actually, no,
1: now that I think about it, um, do you remember last year there were like multiple incidents of deaths related to fireworks? I'm sure there are there a couple was every year. One guy who tried to set off a mortar on the top of his head.
0: Oh, I do and, remember like, that. His yeah. friends
1: found like just like a shoe and like he had like become, he was like completely obliterated. Obliterated? Did I say that right? (laughs) I'm getting that John look. I'm starting to think you do these on purpose. (laughs) Do Do you? No, I think – no. Maybe – yes. sometimes. Like I do say Mimi on purpose and Barnes & Noble's on purpose. Like I know that's not how you say it now.
0: Obliterated. 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 There's
1: no two beasts in there. (laughs) Obliterated.
0: Now, you asked me um, how old my oldest topic was. That's right. How I, far are we going back? My, my, my oldest one goes back 7,000 years. Okay. And it is quite possibly the first ever uh, surgical procedure. Okay. And that surgical procedure is called trepanation. Okay. Have you heard of that?
1: No, can I go ahead and make a wild guess? Make a wild guess. Is it when they bore a hole into your skull to let blood out? Ding, ding,
0: fucking ding. I
1: feel like I may have read about it. That right? is, okay. that is, is that trepanation. Okay. That
0: is trepanation. For some reason, they, I
1: think I remember. Yeah, were go they, ahead.
0: Where they drill a hole into your head. Okay, yeah. That is quite possibly the oldest medical, I'm sorry, a, surgical procedure.
1: And that's, to me, kind of complicated. Like, who would think that drilling a hole in some guy's skull would help? Well, like, for that to be the first one I would think, like, amputation Like, if you see a guy's arm going gangrene You're gonna chop it off
0: Yeah, certainly you'd, hope so You'd
1: think that would have been before Like, hey, let's drill a hole in this guy's skull
0: I don't know, T- trepidation goes back about 7,000 yeah, years Yeah, no, I don't, I I'm mean, not doubting it Just that's, that's pretty amazing <laughs> That's, God, 5,000 years before the birth of Christ Yeah They yeah. were doing this Yeah And it was used to treat all sorts of dumb shit Right They used it to treat epilepsy Okay. They used it to treat headaches, blood clots, fainting spells, or anything else you could really blame on demonic possession.
1: Okay, so it was meant to get the devil out of your brain? Yeah. It, or it would, any kind it, of bad it, it, spirits? It would, it would
0: release the bad spirits from your noggin.
1: Huh. Sounds plausible. Oh. Now, uh, of course, I am not a doctor. I do play a doctor on this podcast occasionally. Every night, a doctor shot? <laughs> yeah. But uh, they still do that, right? To ease blood pressure
0: off. Don't they still sometimes drill... Maybe to relieve pressure in an emergency situation? I, right. We'll have to maybe... I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Okay, we'll I go know, back to the internet for that one. It was also used as an emergency medical procedure in places like Peru, where they found these skulls where trepanation had been performed. Uh-huh. And they believe it was performed after a battle to clear out bone fragments left there by a fractured skull. Wow, so, so somebody would club you over the head right while you're fighting you know another tribe in Peru, right, and they would drill into the place where the fracture uh, was to, and to clear out all the broken bone,
1: right, and right now we are on an audio medium, so uh our listeners at home couldn't. <laughs> Visualize John sitting here And hand cranking And you're yeah, right it It's not a hand- like
0: no. a, it's, We're talking five, You're seven, not fucking thousand. Black and fucking Decker yeah, yeah
1: exactly Some guy with a Hand Probably a wood yeah. Like maybe stone At the end It'd
0: Probably a stone A stone bit
1: With, with a wooden
0: <laughs> hand crank Going real slow Digging in there Got to put some ass right. Into it To, to yeah. get through there God. Yeah, no thanks. The funny thing is, is that the skulls they found, at least in Peru, were used for this emergency medical procedure. The holes were kind of worn in such a way that made them believe the operation was very survivable.
1: I I heard that before, yes. Now I remember I did read about it where it did relieve pressure from those bone fragments. It was also just how shitty ancient warfare was. Like occasionally you might have a guy with a spear... Who's going to stab you in your lung and you're going to die quickly. But most of the time, it's just getting, like, bashed with a club. Yeah, it
0: was just a big stick. <laughs> yeah. We whacking you across the face with a big stick <laughs> not until you were dead. Right. That's why I've never joined the Army. That's why. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's why. Andrew, you're about five foot six, 130 pounds. They'd stick you right in a tank.
1: I, yeah, I know. That's
0: like, true. a, a tanker or a submarine. Yeah, we've actually discuss that.
1: We've discussed that on the podcast. And we may have also discussed my reason for not joining the military, which was is the food. I can't remember. I know we've definitely talked about being in a tank before. Yeah, are, on the weapons episode. Are you a foodie? No, I'm not a foodie. I'm a picky eater. Have you seen uh, All Quiet on the Western Front? I believe it is. No, yeah, I've the, read the book. Okay, uh, but there's this scene where there's this guy and it's raining. He's just got this giant bucket of mush, and it's like that's what I always think about
0: in the army. Speaking of raining, if yeah. you were one of these people who had. Trepanation performed on you. Mm -hmm. You have a hole in the top of your skull and it starts raining. Oh my god. Do you gotta like get inside real quick before your head fills up with water? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I'm assuming they would have a patch or a plug, a bung, a cork? Yeah. Cork it up. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's making me it's uncomfortable. Exactly. About like, it. I'm feeling like Visualizing a <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. So, that's do you right. have anything for me? Do you have anything that goes back around a couple thousand years? Not a couple
1: thousand. Mine is from 47 AD. Do you have anything in between there?
0: Yeah, I've got stuff that's ancient.
1: Go ahead. Throw another ancient one in. An ancient one? Yeah.
0: The Egyptians. The ancient Egyptians were really big into ointments. Okay. So by ointment, you
1: mean shit that they're just rubbing on each other.
0: Yeah, It was a topical... (laughs) topical, Let's say you had a toothache. You had a toothache and you went to your doctor. Right. In in ancient Egypt.
1: Which is probably just like
0: the local... Well, no. Ancient Egypt had a pretty sophisticated medical system. Okay. I mean, it was broken up in a very similar way to the way ours is, is broken up. You have specialists. I see. You would go to your mouth doctor. Okay. You would go you know, well, to, your, to your leg doctor.
1: That's very interesting. You're talking BC here. Still. I'm talking, yeah, BC, because, ancient um, Egypt. Because, not to jump too forward and not to interrupt, but my research from the medieval period showed that there was a very um, – was, it was lacking in specialization. That was a huge issue. As we've talked about before on the podcast, the Far East was way ahead um, in terms of science and math, especially in the ancient period. Yeah. So what were these crazy Egyptians doing? (laughs) What were they rubbing on each other, John? Maybe you'll rethink that.
0: (laughs) Well, well, like I said, maybe you had a toothache. Okay, yeah. You would go to your tooth guy. Right. And he would get a a mouse for you. He would get a little mouse. He would kill it. Oh, in front of me? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Do I get to meet the mouse before I know? Depends on your doctor. He would gr- he would grind it up, okay. mush it up into a paste mm. and then stick that into your mouth to relieve your toothache. Just
1: the ground up mouse bits.
0: They sometimes add other like uh herbs and stuff yeah. like that that add some sage or you know, whatever Does it they work? had lying around. No. Okay. You would be distracted by the taste of dead mouse, I think was the... <laughs> Was the idea <laughs> That's a pretty good idea um, They also used as topical ointments Stuff like lizard blood Okay They'd use mud Moldy bread sometimes So they were just
1: into all sorts of freaky shit
0: Yeah the, What it
1: sounds like is Was any of it normal? I guess we do mud now, Well
0: Like mud baths Well the stuff I mentioned Lizard blood, dead mice, yeah. mud, moldy right. bread Those were all used as either ointments Or uh, wound dressings Right <laughs> Moldy so. bread yeah, yeah. So, oh, genius! To dress your wound, <laughs> yeah, your open sure. wound. There,
1: I'll do that next time.
0: Uh, there's one really good one. What do you think horse saliva may have been used for? Uh, dick problems, like itchy. You're kind of close. <laughs> You're kind of close. Only um, it would be used if you were a woman.
1: Ah, and you were having
0: a little trouble in the bedroom. Oh. You had a little libido. I see. You would get covered in, in horse saliva. And that would get you all horned up. Yeah. Presumably.
1: I'll run that by the next girl I... Uh... <laughs>
0: Maybe if you're not feeling that, we yeah. can just go down to the ranch.
1: That's right. I'll get, <laughs> get
0: some horse saliva for you.
1: Come here, biscuit.
0: They were also really into dung. and they. I used... thought that was the
1: Germans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of in a different way, I think. <laughs> right, okay. It's a bad stereotype. They're not into <laughs> scat porn, I don't think. It's just...
1: No, that's a joke, though, that like Germans pioneered the Scheiser film.
0: Shizer? Oh, yeah, the Shizer film. Uh, shit uh, film.
1: Well, can we please get
0: back <laughs> to I'm the sorry,
1: dog? I'm sorry, yes. Please get on a more serious topic of medical shit. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> they would use uh, dog shit, gazelle shit, donkey shit, fly shit, uh, all... As,
1: <laughs> all sorts of... T- who was
0: all, the collector
1: of the different kinds of shit? Your shit doctor.
0: Okay. These would be applied to open Ooh. wounds. Now I know that sounds awful, and it probably led to quite a few infections, sepsis, right. tetanus, stuff like that. But yeah. recently, science has shown that some forms of dung have have Antibodies? anti yeah that's they have an antibiotic effect. Okay, is it that, could have actually been been useful.
1: Is that in any relation to urine being? I know urine is uh, don't they say urine is actually. Aaron is supposedly sterile. Sterile. Okay, so sterile. I guess is different than having
0: antibodies. Uh, antibiotic. Yeah, these some okay. some so only some. some. So the rest
1: of the shit they were packing in there was just killing them.
0: Probably. Well, it probably okay. wasn't good. But some of them did actually have antibodies or anti microbial uh, I properties okay so some of that may have actually worked right now before i pass the torch to you yeah one more thing from ancient egypt okay and it also involves dung but it was used uh, not to treat or dress wounds it was used as a contraceptive
1: i was gonna say prophylactic or something
0: yeah oh so don't tell me you're just what do you think they might use crocodile dung for I don't know. I'm well, kind of
1: thinking of something, but I don't want to say it on well, air. Well, let's, I say make you say
0: it. let's say you're sleeping with a young lady. Yeah, you're not ready to have a kid. That's a big responsibility, right? So you want to you want to have your fun, but not get not get anyone pregnant.
1: Yeah,
0: you would get some crocodile dung. Yeah, and you shove it up into the vagina. Nah, real that's what good. I thought. That's what real, I thought. Good. God
1: it, real good. Damn
0: it's real good. was uh, Egyptians, and the idea was that the lady's body heat would soften the crocodile dung and it would form an impenetrable barrier, like, sort of in the cervix.
1: Now, these doctors were just freaks and trying to, like, talk their ladies into, yeah, I promise this works.
0: They also used stuff like tree sap to, like, yeah. this, is all, this is all vagina stuff, <laughs> stuff you put in the vagina to stop a lady from getting pregnant. Oh, I'm, I'm sure she enjoyed all this, yeah. all this treatment. Uh, lemon. Mm. Like a sliced sounds- up lemon. So it sounds painful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I... Uh, cotton <laughs> sounds is real, real dry. <laughs> you get a, a cotton wool mixture and <laughs> put it. in Oh, of there. course. Let's add some wool. Yeah. Let's
1: make it less comfortable for everybody sort of involved. Scratchy. You, you know, I'm really pissed off about the doctor who like ca- tried to cop this stuff as real medicine.
0: And like, what a jerk. And uh, sea sponges.
1: I can see that as maybe actually working.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it also used sometimes elephant dung like, for so, the same purpose.
1: Okay, of course. It's got to so, throw some more shiza in there. <laughs>
0: yeah, so. Uh, God, what a bunch of gross Egyptians. So let me close that tab. Because <laughs> I don't want to see that one let's, anymore. Let's
1: delete that forever. There we go. Okay.
0: And clear history after that one. That is it for ancient Egypt. You know what? Okay. Um, before you get going, I'm going to try on a light. That sounds great. Because since it started raining, it's gotten very dark in here. Yeah, it's Florida. We're getting a torrential Florida downpour. All right, your
1: turn. All right. So, uh, John, we're going to go forward now to the, uh, the Greeks,
0: 47
1: oh, AD. Uh, no, these are this guy's actually Roman. My apologies. Does this
0: have anything to do with my buddy Pliny?
1: Uh, not Pliny. Uh, this guy has an even cooler name than Pliny the Elder, and I thought there was no cooler name than Pliny the Elder, but there in fact is. Scribonius
0: Largus. Scribonius Largus. Scribonius. That sounds like a sex joke.
1: Yeah, no, he was known for scribbling down his uh, medical terms, and that's where scribble comes from. Really? No, I'm blowing smoke up your ass.
0: Okay. I'll come back to that, though. Which is a treatment for oh. steroids. Yeah,
1: okay, I'm glad you mentioned that, cause we'll go back to blowing smoke up your ass. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'm glad you know that one, too. But um, no, he did not scribble. But maybe he did. Actually, we don't know. Either way, Scribonius Largus Uh, He was pretty much this I always forget the term Humanist maybe You know in ancient Rome These guys were studying different things I think you could call him a A studier of An observer of life Yeah because he did practice medicine But he also compiled uh, This really well known compendium Of different medical treatments Uh, 271 different medical treatments in fact uh, Including the use of opium And uh, you may remember
0: Opium for, for for pain relief, I hope
1: Pain relief, sleeplessness, all sorts of different things okay. um, Up until, I mean, you remember from our study of Lewis and Clark Even then they were using opium as a uh, a cure-all, right? Yeah. Like opium was considered a cure-all But it's interesting that this guy uh, kind of is the first recording And then another interesting was the use of electric rays for headaches
0: Electric rays Now
1: when I say electric rays, John The Tampa Bay Rays actually you're on the right track am i yeah oh, when are i these, first said electric rays yeah when i first said electric rays well like my thought was electric ray like zaps
0: well ray you think light electricity okay. you think bolts bolts
1: you're right but for some reason in my mind when i first read electric ray i was figuring how the hell is he getting electric in 47 ad how's he getting electric rays into a person's brain Stingrays. Stingrays. You're right. I had no idea, oh or, or they, I, I they, did know, but I had forgotten about electric you, rays. He was going around Steve Irwining people. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Is it too soon? Uh, uh,
1: I love Steve Irwin. All yeah, respect to course. Steve Irwin. Um, but no, that's a great joke. Thank I don't you. think it's too late. So yeah, use stingrays. I, I again, I had forgotten about these. They're also known as torpedo rays. They can produce an electric discharge ranging from eight to 220 volts. Depending on the particular species, there's it's 220 volts. What's so? What's that? It, they compared a... it to dropping a hair blower with a, a hair dryer. A uh, hair dryer. I'm sorry. Yeah, hair dryer, like a home one that like plugs right into the wall, not like one of these cheap yeah. little ones, but a, one that plugs into the wall. If you dropped it into a bathtub,
0: that sounds like it would kill you. Uh,
1: um, yeah, um, electric rays are able to catch prey much larger than themselves. Oh, okay. I don't know if it necessarily kills them though, uh, or just paralyzes them.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. So he would use these as a treatment for headaches, uh, but also gout,
1: which I thought gout. was like kind of a big stretch, like from gout to. Wouldn't you just stop headaches. eating deli meat? To, yeah. to cure your gout, that's what I would think, and stop eating like rich foods.
0: It, so take an Advil and switch and to veggies.
1: Actually, the next one I have on here is the the smoke enema
0: Let's talk about enema. it. I, no, you, I don't. You I, it a little bit. I don't cover the smoke enema.
1: Oh, so this is using tobacco to blow smoke up your ass. Now, what I read it was for actually revitalizing the people from from drowning. To describe this tobacco smoke enema, it's pretty much if you can imagine, like a, almost like an a e-cigarette. It looks like an e-cigarette. It's like a metal cigarette, or if you can imagine, I guess the old
0: like pipe a chillum? cigarettes.
1: Yeah, chillum? Yeah, so you, you chill. And that's actually a better description. You like smoke the tobacco, and then it goes into a little bellows. Okay. And the bellows
0: and pump so, so you, the sti- tobacco you stick smoke the end of your bellows up somebody's
1: ass, and then you blow the tobacco into the bellows, and then you close the bellows so the air, the tobacco f- is forced into the
0: up the person's rectum. That sounds awful. And well, it's it supposed like to
1: warm up their lungs and force the water
0: out of their lungs. Some like you just blow up their intestines like a like a goddamn balloon. So because.
1: There was a lot of uh, lack of credibility For this Practice I can't imagine why It came up with A popular phrase Blowing smoke up Someone's ass Oh
0: because so it, as, it
1: was seen as Like why are you doing this It was kind of seen as Quackery Yes Yes Most definitely quackery um, So that was actually Between like the 1750s And 1810s Do you, I'm sure you might have Something in between
0: Actually I, I missed something before okay. I didn't miss it I excluded it Because I was going on Quite a bit Because yeah. this whole page Of doubts here Is all ancient stuff Okay um, Mercury yeah I want to talk about mercury real quick Okay great Do you know about mercury?
1: Yeah it's And like actually a... the next guy I'm going to talk about used mercury so Oh perfect a Perfect segue Look Ancient that. We set it up without even thinking of
0: it Well mercury is very toxic to humans Right To most life Causes a lot of problems for you But it didn't stop people from using it because it looked real cool I think that's mm-hmm. just the reason Because it looked it looks really neat Did I tell you about it's the like time I got metal.
1: A, a day off in high school Because a kid brought in liquid mercury Really? And they were literally playing with it at their desk because it was so cool. Yeah, he brought in like a little jar of it. And the funny thing is his dad was the chemistry teacher.
0: Oh, he should have known that. And so the
1: whole school got shut down. We got the day
0: off. He said he'd come in and clean up this mercury.
1: So that was my first time learning that mercury
0: does look super cool and it's also super deadly. Yeah. Well, it was used by ancient Persians and Greeks as a topical ointment. Okay. Again, the ancient people loved their ointments. Yep. If you had an open wound or something, just rub a little bit in there.
1: Now, do you know much about it the mercury itself has a element i know and it. soaks i mean imagine it can soak through your skin
0: yeah even just touching it's deadly right no it's not deadly no it's uh, bad for you it's just bad for you okay yeah. it can be deadly and uh, we'll and high we'll get to it okay <laughs> in second century china uh, chinese alchemists thought that mercury if you took it orally would increase your lifespan and vitality Okay. It It does the opposite. (laughs) We now know. It does the exact opposite. Some Chinese healers would actually take mercury and make a cocktail of mercury, sulfur, and arsenic. And these three life-giving elements mixed together in a cocktail would grant you immortality and the power to walk upon water as if you were a Jesus.
1: (sighs) How did they – I'd love to see the advertisement for this. I,
0: I'm, not sure how, I'm not sure how copywriting worked in ancient China. I
1: mean like how did he, how did he go around like telling people that this is how it works and –
0: Whoever it was, he must have been very persuasive. Yeah. Because he got the uh, Chinese emperor at the time, Emperor Qin Shi Huang. To take it? To take it. Nice. Because he wanted to be immortal, he wanted yeah, to rule over his land forever.
1: Now, was this the only person he was able to talk into it? Uh, what, it was a uh, well-known practice. Or yeah, a, I think it was relatively. I, I think it
0: was an expensive practice. Yeah, I see. Which is why the so the, richer, the wealth, wealthier, richer people I could see. afford it. Um, but it killed Emperor Qin Shi Huang. Hmm. It, it did not, in it fact, didn't make, make him, him immortal no. or give him the power to walk upon water as if a Jesus. Yeah, that's tough. Tough luck for that guy. So, um, oh, it was yeah. also used. In uh, Europe, and in America, I believe. Yeah, uh, Benjamin Rush used it. As a treatment for syphilis.
1: Okay, yes, yeah.
0: As a treatment for syphilis. And a lot of people think that Oscar Wilde, who's an English uh, poet and author mm. and, and, and screenwriter, screen okay. they think he may have had syphilis. I see. Because during public appearances, he would cover his mouth with, with his hand to hide his teeth. Oh, wow. Because mercury, as treatment cool. for syphilis, makes Ew. your teeth transparent
1: holy cow
0: it, it makes your teeth uh, look, that's amazing look transparent that's kind of cool so i just
1: want to take mercury
0: just for that don't effect. do that yeah. so, you, <laughs> so he would cover his mouth when he was talking yeah and unless people think he may have had syphilis because he was taking it and syphilis. it can make you crazy too right it can make you crazy that's where the term man is a hatter comes from right because hats would um use mercury in their lining
1: yeah huh
0: and hatters would uh, go a little crazy because of it. That's wild, what we used to do with stuff. It, it, it gets wilder, but let's let's yeah. go back to you.
1: Well, actually, um, I have some pers- pertinent stuff on that. Uh, what You were talking about arsenic. Uh, they used arsenic for a little while to preserve, uh, to do taxidermy. Really? And recently at our museum, there were a bunch of taxidermy birds that had been preserved with arsenic. And so we had to kind of quarantine them and... Uh, you know, treat him in a certain way. So it's crazy what they used poisons for and all that. Uh, so we had talked about calomel, which is um, a kind of tincture that uses mercury in it. Okay, And that was commonly used, again, throughout the world. Uh, but Dr. Benjamin Rush, guy that we had talked about in episode one with Lewis and Clark. So Dr. Benjamin Rush, just to remind our listeners, was one of the forefathers of America – Uh, A leading mind in medicine and
0: psychiatry. And he had um, these pills called thunderclappers, That's right, the thunderclappers. I'm surprised I remember that. That was like months ago. Yeah,
1: the thunderclappers that used calomel or mercury to make you shit more. And, you know, diuretics and... To make you pee and... And and also bloodletting. You know, it was all about that humoric medicine. You know, balancing the humors.
0: Yeah, different Um, fluids. Different colored fluids in your body.
1: yeah. So it's kind of all tied together. Um, this idea that you're purging your body, whether it be using mercury
0: or or what have you. So, what about Benjamin Rush?
1: So Benjamin Rush was again a leading mind in medicine. But I also thought it was pretty cool that he was uh, anti-slavery. Go Benjamin Rush! Right? Yeah. For being anti-slavery. However, there's a caveat to it. Perhaps one of the main reasons he was against anti-slavery is he also, he actually he was against thought,
0: he was against anti-slavery. No,
1: he was no. He perhaps one of the reasons he was. Anti slavery or against slavery was because he thought being black was a disease <laughs> that was that he could treat that was curable.
0: Oh, god, um,
1: because of this case of a guy of a slave named Henry Moss who had actually turned white supposedly, but today we understand he most likely had uh, what's called vit- vitiligo vitiligo. Vitiligo. Vitiligo? Uh, that was called Vitiglia. Okay, Vitiglia. How's it, How it spelled? V I T I L I G O. Vitiligo. Vitiligo? I don't know. Well, either way, so you know of this, you know, yeah. it's when uh, it's, you, I think only African Americans can, or at least maybe you
0: don't notice it on Caucasians, but. No, with Caucasians, it, it comes off as um, um, wine stains. Is, I think oh, is what I Oh,
1: you're right. Okay. Yes. Or you yeah, have pink. I, yes, pink you're right. Wine. I have seen
0: it. It's that. a. Uh, some kind of it pretty much kills
1: the pigment from, from what, I, or they lose their pigment. The skin loses its, its pigment. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, this guy was suffering from this thing, and so it made Benjamin Rush think that black people were actually just white people with the disease. And this and so, guy was,
0: was in, in, in mid treatment.
1: Yeah, exactly. I do have a lot more about Benjamin Rush, but I think we have a sponsor for today.
0: Do we have do we have sponsor a sponsor that we need to yeah, the do spon- a spot for. The sponsor is Lubriderm. 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 That's right. When you need it moist. And you don't have a horse around and You don't have a horse around <laughs> Derm it up Use Luberderm Use Lubriderm. It is primarily I actually have a bottle Right here <laughs> On my table I'm not joking Of course he does Daily moisture Normal to dry skin Permethazine. It's mostly water And mineral oil Glycerin Glycerin uh, stearic acid Something called propylparaben and uh, citric acid.
1: So all that stuff may be located in some sort of dung, and we just don't know it.
0: Maybe, but this gives you a clean, non-greasy feel. I I guarantee you, dung (laughs) Dung. will not give you that. So, Lubriderm, uh, put it all over your body. Use a bottle a day. Thanks, Lubriderm. Thanks, Lubriderm, keeping us nice and lubed up. (laughs) Lubed up. Hell yeah. (laughs) We'll be back. We'll be back. I'm going to put down the lube. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Andrew, we have returned.
1: Uh, John, again, I do have a little bit more about Benjamin Rush I'd like to talk about, but uh, I understand you've got some things that hail a
0: little further back. Yeah, well, a lot of the stuff I did was about medical practices From the ancient world. Because that was the fun stuff. The stuff people thought might have worked. Right. You know, hundreds to thousands of years ago. And today, in the hospitals around, you know, in Lee County here, they have tons of medical equipment and tons of tests used to diagnose an illness. Yeah. Back then, they didn't really have that. So it came down to observation, guesswork, and sometimes divination. Divination, like asking the gods? Kind of asking the gods, uh, you know... Throwing runes, looking at tea leaves, yeah. sometimes uh, looking at animal body parts. So not even looking at the person who's Some, suffering the illness. No, usually what you do is you get a sheep, and you <laughs> you get a sheep. Uh, let's say you're in Mesopotamia, yep. which is modern day Iraq, but yep. in the ancient world it was called Mesopotamia. So the Sumer's? I, I don't know. Okay, but let's say you're in Mesopotamia, and yep. you're, not, you're not feeling very well. Oh, I got a belly ache. You got a belly ache. Your doctor, doctor help would me. scratch his chin. Yep. He would go get a goat from the storeroom. Okay. He'd sacrifice it to the gods. Yeah. And then he'd Doc, uh, what do I
1: got? What do I got?
0: Well, first you'd have to pull out the liver <laughs> from the sheep or goat. Right. Uh study it quite intently. <laughs> Thinking of the bullshit you're about to spin. Yeah, and would then divine what illness you had based on what he saw in this sheep liver. It was not a reliable method of diagnosis.
1: No, right? It's it's
0: not something you see on an episode of House. No.
1: Can I I go off on a quick wild tangent here? Yeah. yeah. So so recently I've been playing uh, Red Dead Redemption. Great video game. One of the main characters in there is like a snake oil salesman. Okay. Right? It's the idea that this doctor is selling these healing properties, but it's all quackery, right? It is. Do you think the guy holding the sheep liver there, did he believe that he saw something in there, or was he just using that as a snake oil?
0: Here's the thing. Either you're dumb or you're dishonest.
1: If, he, <laughs> if he's dumb, he thinks there's something yeah, there.
0: If he's dumb, he believes his bullshit. Okay. If he's dishonest, Fair enough. then he's he, then he's a quack, but right. there's no way to, to tell, tell at this point. or really decide which is better. No, you're right. I'm glad you brought up snake oil. Don't
1: tell me there's literally snake oil sales. Oil.
0: Well, well, you hear that term a lot, you know, snake yeah. oil sales, when you're right. somebody who's selling you bullshit, yeah. passing it off as some kind of miracle treatment yeah. for whatever you have. Right. But the idea of snake oil as a treatment actually goes back to China. It is a... Of course.
1: They're using arsenic. They're using mercury. <laughs> Why not use
0: snake well, oil? it was from a specific kind of snake, the Chinese water snake. Okay. And they would use oil from the snake... To relieve joint pain. I see. They would rub it on their, you know, joints uh-huh. for arthritis and stuff, and it would make, right. them, it would make them feel better. Kind of like Bengay. Exactly, just like Bengay, and it's still used today in China. So it must work, I'm assuming. Snakes are a rich source of icosephantine, some kind of acid.
1: EPA acid.
0: EPA acid. omega An omega-3 fatty acid okay. that has anti-inflammatory properties.
1: Huh. That's and interesting. And
0: it was brought to the U.S. from Chinese laborers, railroad workers. Oh. That's how it... Because they're
1: sitting there fucking hammering all day on the railroad. Exactly. You're going to some Bengay
0: or and or they, some snake oil. And they brought this snake oil with them, and then mm-hmm. it was picked up by these hucksters. I see. The snake oil salesmen.
1: Who would just use anything.
0: Any old thing and call it snake oil.
1: Ah. That's but interesting.
0: The actual snake oil was used by Chinese laborers for their sore that joints. Would
1: work. When we talk snake oil, so I'm, it's not snake venom, obviously. Is it something that's just secreted from their bodies? I, know that...
0: I, I, I think it's something you extract from them after, okay. after killing them. I see. Got it. like Kind of like fish oil. Oh, okay. Again, a lot of my stuff is pretty old. Arsenic, we talked about briefly, was used by quite a few, we'll call them medical professionals, which yeah. is being pretty generous. Yeah. It was used again in China as a key ingredient in many medicines. It was also used in patent medicine. You know about patent medicine?
1: The term sounds very familiar, but now remind me.
0: Patent medicine was kind of what snake oil assessment would sell. It's like
1: a commercialized medicine?
0: Not necessarily. Um, The patent didn't come from an actual patent as we understand it today. It would come from an endorsement. From a well known person, person. Okay. Like a celebrity or a member of royalty. I see. That was the patent. I see. Arsenic was used in some of these patent medicines from the eighteenth century even up until the nineteen fifties. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And used to treat you know arthritis and diabetes and Victorian women even used it as a cosmetic. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't effective as any of those things.
1: <laughs> it didn't make them look prettier
0: in the I, Victorian era? I, I honestly, <laughs> maybe a little more, yeah, maybe paler.
1: Right. You were talking about the Egyptian the Chinese emperor dying from the arsenic poisoning, and that it was really the wealthy that could afford this type of yeah, uh, procedure. And mm-hmm. the same with arsenic. Yeah. the wealthy that are getting the arsenic, and the same with opium. Um, in the 18, in the Victorian era, it was the high-class and middle-class women who were becoming addicted And then dying from morphine or opium overdoses. And today you think of more wealthy class, uh, even the middle class, they get better health service. But almost back in the day, that's not necessarily true.
0: And I want to get back to morphine now in a a moment. Okay. But first I want to talk about the powder of sympathy. Okay. Have you heard of the powder of sympathy? Uh, No. It was a very specific type of medicine. I'm going to say it was
1: something you took after like you had a bad date.
0: No, it was something you took after you had a bad duel Okay Which, okay <laughs> It was used, intended as a treatment for a very specific type of injury And that was a rapier injury Hmm You know rapiers, long skinny long swords skinny sword, sword. used in duels between gentlemen Right It was used for that kind of injury And it was made from, you know, earthworms, pig's brains, iron oxide, which is rust
1: Okay, but of course and, 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 Why not throw all that shit together? And,
0: and bits of mummified corpses <laughs> No. Where
1: are they getting mummified corpses? From the
0: ground. (laughs) And it was all ground into a powder.
1: Yes. Okay. And
0: then where do you think you would apply
1: (sighs) this medicine? To the
0: wound. To to the wound. Yeah. To the rapier wound. Yeah. (laughs) You would apply it to the rapier that inflicted the wound. What? Wait, what? You would apply it to the sword that stabbed you. Bullshit. No, that's exactly what you're doing. And that was supposed to help you, maybe? Yeah. It was... Developed by a, uh, m- a medicine man called Sir... <laughs> we'll call him a medicine yeah, man. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sir Kenelm, Sir Kenelm, Sir Kenelm Digby. Okay. And Sir Digby thought that this concoction would encourage the wound itself to heal.
1: Because the sword died? Because I'm, I'm assuming that an idea was the iron oxide would deteriorate the sword.
0: I don't know why you need the earthworms and, and, and the pig brain.
1: Well, the pig... Yeah, that's weird. But
0: maybe the mummified corpses would be like, let the sword have another dead body. Uh, well, he thought it would work through a process called sympathetic magic. By applying something to the sword... I use that against
1: the, girls a lot, do. actually.
0: Do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> sympathetic magic. It's, it's been a really rough day, baby. <laughs> it's, it's my ace card. I just need somebody to lie down with me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that – so if you got stabbed by a rapier in the 17th century and you were in the same neighborhood as Sir Digby, that that was the treatment.
1: So he would come to your house You'd be like, hey, doctor, I got this rapier wound. He'd be like, all right, I got the solution. And then he'd leave for like a day and he'd come back and be like, you're all set. I'm <laughs> what happened? <What'd laughs> Don't you do th- that. Sword is fucks now. Don't no
0: worry. <laughs> <You're... laughs> I, I, I I ground up some earthworms and I killed a pig. That's kind of like <laughs> and I, I I went and dug up a corpse. <laughs> yeah, and I added some rust and you're in your fine.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the classic case of you know oh man you look terrible yeah but you should see the other guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's say let's go to the 18th century. Okay, just one century after Sir Digby was applying uh, pig brain to swords. Yeah. And let's say, like me, you had a stutter. Okay. And you went to the doctor for your stutter. Mm-hmm. What kind of treatment would you expect?
1: Um, maybe speech therapy, but that's because I'm I I like a, a human bones. being living in 2016. Oh, like
0: the King's Speech type of deal? Yeah.
1: That was a great movie. Yeah. What was that? king george and the King's speech yeah, i only i have to i hate to admit i only watched like 20 minutes of
0: it okay i, I think it was king george
1: i believe you're if right. he
0: were king in the 18th century instead of the you know 20th century yeah what they do instead of hiring an, a, a brilliant australian speech pathologist is they mm-hmm. cut his tongue off in an operation called hemiglossectomy.
1: john does that does that make any sense
0: It'll it'll stop you from stuttering. <laughs>
1: does does it stop you from talking? Yeah.
0: Come treat it. You're good, buddy. Yeah. All set. Uh, the problem was is, is there was no there was no anesthesia for this oh, operation. God. And um, your tongue, Andrew. There's a lot of nerves in there, isn't there? Not not even nerves. It's quite vascular. Okay. There's a lot of blood in there. A lot of oh, a big old vein God, in there. Oh God! I'm
1: getting a terrible mental image. It
0: often. This treatment would kill you. Of course. Because you would bleed out of your mouth until you were dead.
1: I love thinking about, like, the first guy, the first doctor, and also the first patient of these treatments. Like, the first doctor was like, man, dude, that stutter sucks. You really need
0: (laughs) – let's
1: just chop off your tongue. Chop off your tongue. We'll take care of it. And the other guy was
0: like, okay. Now, this (laughs) treatment is actually still used. But it's not for. Bullshit. Stuff, right? It's not for. Stuff okay. Right okay. Thank God. Now you, you go to a speech pathologist. Right. Okay. This is now used for certain kinds of oral cancer. Okay, which makes sense. It, it, if your tongue is cancerous and there's nothing you can do about it, it goes. Right. But you get anesthesia.
1: You, mm, you get course. some. You get What's some really it?
0: good drugs. Right. To help you out. With
1: and this. something to stem the blood flow from your tongue, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah. Now let's say you were stabbed by a rapier. You had your tongue cut off. And your kid is just annoying the shit out of you after your surgery. Yeah. You could go down to the store, maybe, if this is the 19th century, go down to the store and pick yourself up some uh, soothing syrup. Rum? That would be better. <laughs> that would be better for children <laughs> yeah. than what was actually in this stuff. But it was called soothing syrup. It was meant for children yeah. to you know calm them down, give mom an afternoon off. and it was. Better take her lot of it, it was mostly morphine.
1: Oh, so it was automated. It was
0: mostly pure morphine. Uh, some of them also had chloroform, hydrochloride, uh, codeine, heroin, powdered cannabis.
1: This sounds fun.
0: And alcohol. God. Have you ever been on painkillers? Have you had a surgery and had to go on painkillers? For when my tonsils were removed. I think okay. I was given hydrocodone. Something the pharmacist should have told you when you went to the pharmacy and filled your prescription was if you drink with this Mm -hmm. you'll probably stop breathing oh wow so some of these soothing syrups were bottled morphine mixed with alcohol
1: oh so it's like right there in the concoction
0: made for children
1: Hmm. which are smaller than people an adult
0: smaller than real people
1: (laughs) geez Uh, again it's like crazy but, but at the same time, it's like, who are we to judge? Because in another hundred years, what is the stuff that we're putting into ourselves going to all of a sudden be like, what were they thinking?
0: I, it makes me think that everybody in the 19th century were... Were, were high or... Were, were junkies. Yeah. Because you could go to the pharmacy right. and over the counter buy a bottle of pure morphine. Right.
1: Uh, do you have a date for for the, the that sle- the soothing syrup?
0: It was um, early to mid-19th century.
1: Okay, so like... 1840s, 1850s Oh, I'm there, yeah Let's just say you're a fucking annoying brat At the age of 7 in 1850 So by 1900, you're 57 I'm just trying to think of what these opium addicts did <laughs> <laughs> Not 1957 Wait, 1850s, 1907, yeah So right before World War I there's probably a bunch of opium addicts Because as a kid, they took it,
0: right? Yeah, maybe they've been on it their whole lives
1: yeah I maybe our understanding too is a little bit. Um, we are being biased. Our view is biased. You know, Absolutely. We're looking at history through the rose-tinted glasses. Cause we know morphine and heroin. Our idea of it is is bad. It, it, or not bad even, but very strong and very we, something that needs. We, 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 to under,
0: be, we understand that it's very habit-forming.
1: Habit-forming, yes, and we understand it, it's chemical compounds and whatnot. I think at the time it was likely a very small dosage. Have you ever watched Deadwood? It's a no. great HBO show But one of the characters um, She's a, a middle class woman Who just like takes two droplets Of the laudanum, Which is morphine mixed with alcohol And drop two little droplets in water And then drink it when we, when we talk about people taking morphine In the Victorian era We're not talking about people Shooting up pure morphine into their
0: toes That That did also that happen, happen though yeah, you could buy the it. You could buy it from a bottle and like you know right. uh, some sort of kind of solution, like right. a cocktail, right? Or you you just get it from the pharmacist, and, right? And, and buy a needle and do it that way. However, you wanted to take it, there was an option for you. That's true. Now you said you wanted to go back to Benjamin Rush. Yes,
1: yeah. So Benjamin Rush, uh, again, a, a leader in psychiatry in the United States. So he had some interesting ideas uh, when it came to mental illness. So one of his cures. Was he would lay th- this? This person is suffering from mental illness. He would lay this person on a table, and the table would spin around, and this-
0: <laughs> just twist you around <laughs> real quick. Yeah,
1: and the centrifugal force would force blood to your brain and help you not be so and make mentally you, ill. Make you pass out. <laughs> yeah, he thought it worked though. Now, it? Uh, probably not. Okay. No. Now, now he did have uh, one that did work, and and he is a pioneer of what's called occupational. Therapy Again, when it comes to mental illness. Now, I'm going to quote Dr. Benjamin Rush, and luckily he was an American, so I don't have to give any crazy uh, accent on it. Thank God. But he said that it has been remarked that the maniacs of the male sex in all hospitals who assist in cutting wood, making fires, and digging in a garden, and the females who are employed in washing, ironing, and scrubbing floors often recover, while persons whose rank exempts them from performing such services Languish away their lives within the walls of the hospital. So to us, it actually makes sense. If if you if you're suffering from a mental illness, if you're given a job within the hospital, you're, you're more likely to to be fulfilled. You have something to do. You have something to whereas, occupy your time with. Right. Whereas the people who are considered more high class weren't expected to do that kind of work, and they would suffer more. They would just be sit you th- sitting there in their cells in uh, what we would call today solitary confinement. Because in reality, we I mean. I think a lot of people understand that early psychiatric help was... Was rarely help. It was pretty much a dungeon, right? So, the most famous insane asylum, I know that may not be a politically correct term, but we are talking about the the age of the insane asylum, is Bedlam. Bedlam. It's the nickname for the Bethlehem Royal Hospital in London. Now, it was founded in 1247, and is considered the oldest and the first... Psychiatric hospital is, in Europe Is it still in operation? It is still in operation Really? It's doing much better It's been rebuilt three times Are fires, fires? Or... Um, you know actually I didn't see I think they were just destroyed Because the first two Were pretty much dungeons Okay So I think they realized uh, like, The
0: facilities weren't it, up to snuff With no, modern medicine
1: No Exactly Modern
0: psychri- psychiatric care
1: So the first recording of uh, People suffering from mental illness uh, Was in 1403 So for, for almost 200 years It served just as a normal hospital Hospital if you will It was six inmates Who suffered from Mente captai What's and that? Mente captai It's in Latin Again I I have no clue I'm going to just Pull this out of my ass Something about your men, Your mind Being captivated Or being a a, a prisoner to some kind of affliction. Okay. Menti capti. Right? If anybody
0: speaks Latin, I only took two years of it at high school, so I don't yeah. know. Email us,
1: please. Correct, correct us if we're wrong. But but this report, the same report, was done by the church. Uh, also found four pairs of manacles, eleven chains, six locks, and two pairs of stocks. And was the church not
0: happy about that finding?
1: No, not really. I mean, they weren't <laughs> too bummed out. They're like, well, at least you're keeping them chained up. <laughs> but Bedlam, I mean, was really a shit house. I mean this place was terrible. It was built over the city's sewage and so people in the neighborhood who didn't have their own lavatory actually had to walk through Bedlam to get to the public bathroom space, the public lavatories. Okay. Or as they were called, which I thought was really funny, the common Jacques.
0: The common jacques?
1: Yeah, they it's it's an English term and they use the French Jack. Common Jacques. I don't think they liked the French at the time. They still don't like the
0: French. <laughs> That's right. Me and Hooli were um, at a, a, a brewery yeah. in Punta Gorda yeah. uh, yesterday. And oh, okay,
1: and the French were playing uh, the Portugal? Friend, their,
0: the, the French team was playing Portugal Correct. Right? The in the old, European the, Cup the old, of the old, old footy.
1: Yeah, the old footy
0: field. The old footy field. <laughs> That's right. The footy oval.
1: Yeah, the footy oval, exactly. But
0: they were playing, there was, there was an English guy in the bar watching the game. Okay, and I was like, "Hey, man, who you uh, who you rooting for?" And he's like, "Anybody <laughs> but France."
1: Oh, hell yeah, good for him. He's sticking to his lineage. Who won? Do you know? Uh, Portugal. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was kind of a dumb game though. It went into so-
0: soccer's so overtime. hard to watch because it can go for like ninety minutes. Yeah, That went for like hundred yeah, and twenty. Yeah, went to overtime. You get one one fucking point. It was tough. It was tough. Probably like basketball. Yeah, because he scores into like the hundreds. Right
1: again because Bedlam was built over the public sewage of course we're talking the 12 1300s so uh, uh, sewers aren't exactly I'm
0: guessing sewage technology wasn't really on the same same end, level right. as as what we have here no
1: so uh Bedlam again it's in uh, it's 750 years old so obviously there's been some interesting people who have had to stay
0: there, if you Are there any, any famous residents of um,
1: Bedlam? Anybody yeah, I might know? There were quite a few. I'm only going to pull one. You may not know the, him directly. His name is W.C. Minor. Uh, mm. He was an American Army surgeon, uh, but he was one of the largest contributors of quotations to my favorite dictionary, the Oxford English Dictionary. Was it? You remember from one of the earlier episodes, I use Oxford, and I think you got a little bit perturbed, but... Um, one person actually said that you could sum up no you used Cambridge.
0: Oh you used oh, shit. Damn it. And you used Cambridge. And I was like why don't you use like <laughs> Webster's least, or uh,
1: Oxford. Or Oxford. Okay. Cuz those are
0: the two big ones oh, and I you use some Cambridge's. some cut rate off brand <laughs> no, dictionary. Me. That's
1: me. I do do that sometimes. Uh, but anyway, the Oxford dictionary this guy was extremely important for it was one person who who said that the whole last century in terms of medical terms could be summed up by this guy WC Minor. Now, why was he locked up? Before he went to Bedlam, he was having paranoia, and so he killed some guy who he he believed had broken into his room. Mm. Uh, He thought this guy had broken into his room, so he went and shot him. So then he goes into Bedlam. You know, unfortunately, for some reason, it didn't help him. He didn't—he wasn't cured in Bedlam. I don't know why. (laughs) He actually got worse in Bedlam. He started suffering from delusions that he was being abducted nightly from his room and conveyed to places as far as Istanbul, and forced to commit sexual assaults on children.
0: Now, when he killed this guy, did he do it in England?
1: During the Civil War, he was an American surgeon, and then he came to England
0: after well, the war. that that explains it, right? The that, war. that was the bloodiest war in U.S. history. Yeah, I actually just read
1: three hundred and sixty thousand Americans died. Yeah. the civil
0: war. That was the that was the yeah. bloodiest, most brutal. You know. So. Are you justifying his fantas-
1: fantasizations about... I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm explaining that anybody right. would crack, right. especially an army surgeon. You're right, seeing all sorts of... Working on, you know, it doesn't matter if, if an enemy is brought to you or, yeah. or friendly, it's still an American. No, you're right. It's somebody who looks and sounds... Like you. Like you. It could be somebody you might be related to, somebody from a town you really like. Right. Like, I I, I like New York City. Yeah. I like Buffalo.
1: Right. We'd be shooting at them if this yeah. was a civil war. Yeah, because
0: we're in Florida. This, this would be a Confederate state. That's We'd, right. You and I, Andrew, mm-hmm. you'd be fighting for the South. Not
1: necessarily. If we were living in Fort Myers, Fort Myers was a federal fort.
0: you could right. be is Union. It, this is a Union fort. We could be Union. We I don't want to be a goddamn Union soldier. Danky soldier. Not screw
1: that. <laughs> You're right. He did feel guilty. And John, he felt so guilty about these fantasizations about sexual assault, they decided to chop off his own penis. Oh, good. And actually the knife he used to chop off his own penis, he had employed during his work on the Oxford Dictionary. Really? There's a little bit of trivia for you in case (laughs) case anyone has ever asked you about
0: the Oxford Dictionary. Former Jeopardy contestants (laughs) hold on to that one.
1: Yeah, really. So that's uh, some interesting stuff about Bedlam.
0: I think we're very close to wrapping up. I think so, too. Before we wrap up... Yes. I want to end every episode with Mr. Hitler. Okay. That's my new resolution for the next yeah. year. Every episode ends with ends Hitler. Ends with Hitler. All right. I want to tie everything together <laughs> with Hitler. With
1: Hitler. I'm fair. I'm cool
0: with that. Let's talk about crystal methamphetamines. Of course. <laughs> Hitler um, was a famously, infamously, a hypochondriac. He always thought something was wrong with him. Okay. And, hey. his, and his doctor who was being paid quite well for his services and probably a little scared of Hitler. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little
1: scared of Hitler. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wouldn't you be? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so, especially, especially with our big schnozzes. Yeah, uh, we would,
1: yeah. He's like, are, dark, you, dark, are you sure you're not Jewish? <laughs>
0: dark skin, dark hair, <laughs> oh, yeah, big, we, big noses. Yeah, no, we'd be we'd, in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but his doctor would inject his buttocks with vitamins and sometimes he'd, you know, lace it with a little bit of crystal methamphetamine. Right,
1: here's here's vitamin A, B, yeah, and just yeah. a little bit of meth. Just a little bit of
0: methamphetamine. <laughs> of and course. One observer remarked that the injections helped keep Hitler fresh, alert, very active, and immediately ready for the day to come. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who are we killing today?
0: <laughs> he also said the, 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 the medicine made yeah. him very cheerful. Very talkative. Very physically active, and gave him a tendency to stay awake for long hours. <laughs> of course. Way into the depths of the night. Right, right.
1: Isn't it uh, true that they gave some to the, the, the Nazi troops uh, stationed on the Atlantic Wall as well? I think— well, I
0: know some drugs I, were used— I've heard they gave them to their shock troops. They gave them to their yeah. stormtroopers. Yeah. What was the word they used for the stormtroopers? Sturm— Sturm and— S- S- Sturm something. You should know this.
1: Storm grenadier, so. grenadier. Yeah,
0: because
1: I know that Volksgrenadier. I think grenadier is kind of was the the common term for soldier. Okay, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
0: the head the, stormtroopers right. were like these shock troops. Right, and I think they were on crystal. Okay, they were on methamphetamines. And you know what?
1: now that I think about it, you know what the treatment actually for the soldiers on the on the Atlantic Wall hmm. was actually cutting off their eyelids
0: so they couldn't sleep. So, yeah, keep them, keep them alert. Right, and I don't like,
1: know if that. Uh, yeah, there's no. Historical uh, documentation I have to prove that may, that may have been a tale, but
0: but some people, um, a man named Albert Speer, think that uh, the Führer's crystal meth habit mm. may have been a part of his uh, a, a reason for his very rigid tactics in the later stages of World War II, where yeah. he knew he was going to lose, yeah, and he kind of doubled down on his on his bets a little bit, right? Which was foolish, yeah. I mean. In the early stages of the war? They were kicking ass. They had a chance.
1: Yeah, certainly. And then he kept pursuing these crazy ideas, like some of the stuff we talked about in our weird weapons. Yeah. I mean he just he, he wouldn't give up on these crazy ideas that they could still win if he had He was also he also got into
0: the occult a little yeah, bit. Right. You right. He wanted like the spear of destiny you think, and
1: you think the meth had anything to do with that? I
0: think <laughs> Next time somebody tells you, dear listener, yeah. that nothing good has ever come from illicit drugs, yeah. tell them, well, Eisenhower and, uh, and, and Winston Churchill might disagree.
1: <laughs> Beg to differ. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: but uh, I think, like I said, I want to end every episode from, there we go. For, for as long as we can. From now on, okay. just a little Hitler.
1: little Hitler. Just,
0: All right. I think that'll be your hook. I'm into that. Yeah. Just, I want to <laughs> tie everything up with just a little Hitler.
1: I'll throw a little Hitler in there at the end.
0: Yeah. I'm into that. Let's call us the Hitlercast. Alright. No, I don't want to rename the show.
1: No, nah, what we got?
0: And that is the broadsides. You can email us the at post.com. You can find us on Facebook,
1: Andrew? Uh slash the broadsides.
0: The broadsides podcast. Pod. for the Facebook, I believe. Uh, Twitter at the Broadsides.
1: Leave questions.
0: Corrections.
1: Uh, there won't be any of those though.
0: No, we're never wrong. <laughs> We are always right on, on the, money. the
1: money. Yeah That's right. And where should Lubriderm send the check to? Lubriderm should send I, the have, check to I, PO
0: Box 420.
1: Okay, because I haven't been getting the checks from any of our other sponsors. You haven't have been, you the you been
0: getting them? Um. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay. No, I haven't. But please leave us a review on iTunes. Please. Or do. on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher now, which is another uh, podcasting app. Nice. I usually use iTunes. What do you use?
1: I use iTunes, but you know what? I Actually, I have heard,
0: um, heard that Stitcher's a little better.
1: Yeah, my friend Tyler has an Android phone, mm-hmm. and she's having issues with downloading. Um, so I don't know if we have any Android users out there—a um, way to get our it, podcast it, downloaded on an Android. Stitcher should work. Stitcher is, all, is, that, is that what she do? Is she, is she using the iTunes app? No, the iTunes you have to pay for. Really? Now, now we're getting to a whole new discussion. We can we can do a whole new. Podcast episode on podcasting. He, you know,
0: Hitler loved iTunes. He did.
1: Yeah, Apple. Apple. What? <laughs> wait. No. You now you're no, okay. to smoke up my ass. We are. <laughs> That's we, are idea. All, we are all
0: done, <laughs> folks. It. Thank you for joining us. Take care.